Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is the Professor, a townsfolk from the Bad Moon Rising edition, whose ability reads, once per game at night, choose a dead player. If they are a townsfolk, they are resurrected. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about The Professor, and joining me to talk about The Professor is Ben Finney. Hey, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, Andrew. Good to be back. Yeah. Professor is a, it's a good one. Good character here. It really ties into the whole life and death theme of Bad Moon Rising. It's one of the, one of the two parts of the life part of that equation, <laughs> uh, although I suppose people surviving execution is as well. But yeah, let's, let's jump right into it with a brief overview, although perhaps not so brief as we were noting before we uh, started recording, yeah. uh, of how to run the professor. So you've already given the, uh, the, the ability text. And uh, so what that means is that you're going to be waking the professor starting on the second night and each night asking them if they want to use their ability, just like any other once per game ability. And when they do choose to use their ability, they the professor points to a dead player and if that player is a townsfolk that player will wake up the professor doesn't find that out they have to wait until dawn to find out whether that happened um so this means that the resurrected in the ability text just means that the player comes back to life i should point out here uh you said wake up but they won't necessarily wake up uh, oh my apologies not not wake up yeah that's yeah they will come back to life (laughs) come back to life yeah that was a bit too casual there's a good chance they'll wake up there's a lot of there's a lot of characters that will wake up because their ability causes them to wake during the night but uh that that is not inherent to, to coming back to life that you will wake up necessarily so if that player is a townsfolk they will come back to life um, because they were dead. They are the only players that the p- professor is allowed to point to are dead players. And coming back to life is great. It means that you get your ability back. And even better than that, it means that your ability is completely fresh. So if you're, um, if you're for example, the grandmother, uh, you're going to um, have all of that set up um, done again. You get a new grandchild. You get a new grandchild <laughs> and you learn who they are again. Uh, so the, uh, or if you are, uh, if you're a once per game ability, you're going to get that ability use back again. Or if your ability um, only has a limited number of uses and then goes away, all that counting is is reset. So, just like uh, when any player changes character, coming back to life also means that uh, their ability is fresh. So this is a pretty powerful townsfolk, the, the professor. Yeah, and the timing on uh, when the ability can then be used might be a little bit interesting and something that we should probably touch on here. In general, you're going to keep following the night order sheet, um, but there are obviously some characters that won't necessarily even be on the night order sheet. So if the if the uh, professor uses their ability on, say, the grandmother, who only wakes up and learns their info on the first night, uh, you would typically just give that info to them right away as soon as they come back to life. So you'll wake them up, uh, tell them who their grandchild is, etc., yeah, so that's that's often a uh, that's a rules clarification that a lot of storytellers uh, need. There's when when you talk about players changing characters and uh, an ability suddenly coming back or coming back into the game, um, you get the question of well, if this is an ability where the player starts knowing something, when exactly do they do they learn that? And 
There, yeah. there are two. There are two plausible answers to that. And one that one that used to be the case is well, if you start knowing it, then the moment you're back in play is when you should uh, know it. So, for example, the washerwoman would uh, immediately um, learn their their starting information. But that kind of conflicts with the way that a lot of these abilities are timed on the first night, where these information-only abilities tend to wake up late in the night after everything else has had a chance to kill them or poison them or whatever. Um, and the current ruling, as I understand it, is even if you have an ability that says you start knowing, you still have to wait until later in the night before you're going to be woken up, which means you might still be poisoned or killed by the demon or so forth, even if it's on a later night. Yeah. Now, for Professor, this doesn't matter really uh, as a consideration. This is more of something that you have to think about when you're thinking about characters that like gain an ability during the day, like the pixie or the cannibal. I don't know what they are. They're not, they're not in Bad Moon Rising. Well, they aren't in Bad Moon Rising, no. Uh, well, not yet. Not that, not that we know of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but for the professor, it doesn't really matter. With the professor, it's basically just right away. Uh, except for, the, it is a little bit tricky, like, does an exorcist wake up right away? Uh, and the answer to that is no, because they have to wait until the next night since they act before the demon. So, yeah, it's important to know that as soon as as soon as the professor targets that player, um, technically that player is immediately alive. They don't know it yet until something happens to prove that they're alive. Right. But uh, if anything, for example, checks whether that player is alive, they are alive. Yeah, and yeah. So in general, just follow the night order sheet unless that character is not on the night order sheet because they're only a first night character. In which case, wake them immediately for the professor. It's also worth noting that um, players get a vote token when they die, meaning that they only have one vote remaining for the rest of the game. What happens when a player comes back to life? Uh, my understanding is that they lose their vote tokens. And later on, if the same player dies, they get a vote token again. So any time a player dies, they get one vote token. And if a player comes back to life, they lose their vote tokens because they don't need them. Yeah, that... Uh I feel like that's the way most people would expect it to work because it's like your vote token also gets refreshed and you don't mm. need one while you're alive. I guess it could matter if you're playing with a beggar or something like that. Could also matter uh, if, you're, if you're playing with, with cheesy players who say, well, if I die and then come back to life and oh, then yeah. die again, do I have two vote tokens? No, you do not. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that covers it for uh, how to run the character, though, and that's enough at least to get us into the discussion. There's lots of weird edge cases, as you might expect, yeah. with such a unique effect. We'll have more to um, say. But we'll save those for the last section. So why don't we jump right into playing as the professor? I am the professor. What do I do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit me with your general thoughts about playing the professor. Like, you're, you're the professor. You're starting the game. What are the things you're thinking about? I love this character. Um, and one of the reasons I love it is it's a really difficult decision. Like a lot of once-per-game abilities, um, the... Typically, the reason they are once per game is because they're quite powerful and you only get one use and you've got to decide when to use it. This one in particular, um, you've, got, you've got the dilemma that if you wait too long to use it, uh, you'll, it might get out that you're, uh, you're a powerful character or just through arbitrary choices by the evil team, you might be killed or you might be executed because you're acting too suspicious. So you'll lose the chance to use your once per game ability. But if you use it too early... Uh, you've got the problem that this is this ability in particular needs you to find out a bunch of information. You need to find a good use for this once per game ability. So you need to have a bunch of conversations. You need to get people to trust you to share true information about who they are. So waiting until later is usually a good idea. So you've you've really got that that dilemma, and it also 
this is one of the one of the uh, the abilities that really introduces like a, a push your luck um, element into the game. Like, well, if I just wait another day, I might be able to I might be able to confirm whether that player told me truly who they are, or I might be able to to get someone else to to trust me and then and then resurrect them. And with the professor in particular, you've got the added element that the later in the game that you can bring back a townsfolk ability, uh, the more confounding that is to the evil team, the more you're going to push them onto the back foot. If it happens early in the game, then its effect uh, can be like accounted for and, and counted by the, the evil team abilities. But if you do it later in the game, typically that's a, that's a big boost that the evil team can't catch up on. Uh, if you do it right, if the if the player who comes back to life does it right, so doing it late in the game is even better. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a real dilemma there. I kind of see there being like th- three major timing windows with it, or maybe two major timing windows for the ability. And the first one is like the very first available opportunity. So this would be after the first execution, and before you know necessarily who the demon has targeted in the night. And this is a really interesting window to use the ability. As you're saying, using it early, the big downside of that is that the evil team has the longest time to deal with it, you know? If, if you manage to resurrect somebody and that kind of ends up confirming you, and that's something we should definitely talk about a lot with this ability, is that it's such a big and obvious effect that it very often will confirm you to the town um, as well as the player you resurrect. Um, obviously, Shavaloth me- messes with that quite a bit. But a lot of the time, it is pretty powerful in terms of confirming who you are to everyone else. And so it, the, the very strong thing about it is that if that happens later in the game, it's really hard for evil to deal with it. If it happens early in the game, they have enough time to kill you and the person you resurrected. And it's still going to be bad for them because they have to spend some extra time killing those players. Uh, it's going to be good for the town because it gives you some touchstones for um, players you can trust. And especially if you're bringing back a powerful ability, then very worthwhile to do it as early as possible and the other really the the really nice thing about the very first opportunity is if you bring back the person who was executed on the first day there is no possible way for that to be a shabaloth because shabaloth hasn't attacked anyone yet yeah so so, shabaloth kills are yeah or shabaloth Uh, resurrections would start happening the next night yeah so to, 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 in case people are listening to these episodes out of order uh the shabaloth um the storyteller can choose one night during the game uh, to bring back a, uh, a bring back to life a a player who was eaten by the Shabaloth, but only a player that they killed the previous night. So yeah. there's a there's a or at least attacked the previous yeah. night. <laughs> a, a player who is dead who was attacked by the Shabaloth the previous night. Yeah, yeah, and so as a result of that, this is the one timing window where it actually is a perfect confirmation of you if your ability successfully works. It's it's very much like a um, a virgin confirmation in Trouble Brewing. It's stronger in some ways and weaker in others. It's stronger because instead of killing a player, you're bringing them back to life. And it confirms you and them as both townsfolk. Trust in a game like uh, Blood, in a game like um, Bad Moon Rising, a script like Bad Moon Rising, trust, uh, trustable information is so thin on the ground that um, confirmable good good characters are uh, very very useful yeah i do think it is a little bit weaker in some ways than the virgin as well though because as you're saying there's a there's a big lack of that information so if the player you're resurrecting doesn't have particularly strong information like if you're resurrecting um what's a good example say a fool i don't know how exactly they managed to die by execution on the first day <laughs> so maybe that's a bad example but if you're uh, uh <laughs> but, the, but there are quite a few characters where it's like 
yeah, if you resurrect the tea lady, that could be really good because now you have more time to um, get info about their their neighbors. If you resurrect like the exorcist, that could be really good, but it might also not be that good. If you resurrect a sailor, there's just a lot of characters that it's hard to see the effect they have on the game. So even if you know for sure that they're a townsfolk, it's kind of hard to confirm what they're learning. Whereas like Virgin, you're almost always, or you're often able to use it with a character where it's like, you have some piece of information that we would like to know whether or not we can trust it. Mm. Therefore, uh, we're going to use the Virgin to confirm this piece of information. Professor, you have to take whoever was executed first if you want to take this like perfect confirmation strategy. And in theory, the player who was executed first is more likely to be evil, perhaps. And so your ability will just fail. Or there's a good chance that they were someone who was trying to survive execution but failing to do so, like a fool or a sailor whose ability didn't work for whatever reason, uh, in which case those aren't going to give you a ton of new information to work with. Or it could be, I I mean, and also you're just limited in general to whoever the town decides to execute. Um, Yeah. Because you probably don't want to reveal that you are the professor planning to do this or else you're just going to get killed yourself. (laughs) So I think that there's a better way to to do that confirmation, but I will let you cover the three basic windows that you wanted to cover. Yeah, so the second one, I guess, isn't really, uh, isn't isn't as much of a window. It's the same window as the first option, but it's a different way of using your ability at that first opportunity. Um, And this is hunting for the demon kill. So technically, the professor is allowed to target people who they do not know are dead. The restriction says that you can only choose dead players, but you don't know everyone who's dead since the demon has killed somebody before you act and like, you know, other people could have been killed by other means. And so you are allowed to just choose somebody hoping that they are the person who died at night. If you get it right, congratulations, you bring them back. And depending on their ability, they may or may not learn that they've come back to life. Like if you do this for the sailor who has already chosen somebody in that night and won't act again... In the morning, it will just appear that they haven't died. If you do this for grandmother, then in the night, they will get new information. So to them, they'll have realized that they'll have come back to life. So it's the sort of thing where it's like, this could provide confirmation for you for a smaller window, but the town as a whole won't see that a player has come back to life. They'll just see that nobody has died in the night or one fewer player has died in the night. Uh, This is also something where the storyteller can step in at any time and tell you, no, that player is not dead. Stop trying to target them. Uh, you are barred. You are barred from my games if you try that in my games, Andrew. <laughs> that's that's uh, skirting the line on cheating. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very strange thing, but I mean, from the discussions I've seen online and from what I've heard from the people in charge of the rules, it is a technically legal yeah. way to play the the role and it's entirely up to the storyteller when they want to stop you so basically if you choose somebody who who isn't dead the storyteller will just shake their head no and tell you to target someone else yeah we'll talk about that keep doing this on the episode i think when we talk about how the storyteller can deal with that and this is something to be aware of as a player if you keep doing it the storyteller can either just put you to sleep without you choosing anybody or they can arbitrarily choose a target for you because it's kind of a weird not not super well-defined uh area in the rules (laughs) right so you're so this is specifically about um, targeting a player who you thought who was alive during the day but is now dead, um, and you bring them back to life, and nobody's the wiser uh, except for the demon and you, of course. Uh, when the town wakes up, that the player was alive and stays alive, and nothing changed. 
yeah, <laughs> there's no visible effect from this. So I, I think I think it's kind of a moot point whether or not this is like technically within the rules because I think it's usually just not a good idea. Like I don't think it actually confirms much. Yeah, it's using the professor as a protection ability rather than as like a resurrection ability. It's a little bit more confirmation because you know as the professor that if you were allowed to target that player, they were in fact dead which likely means the demon killed them or the assassin killed them. And like I was saying, with like the grandmother or something, there is a chance that they will learn that they died and came back, but it's but, there's not a lot of yeah. characters that that'll Typically, work the most you can say is, well, I know that they were dead and the demon knows they were dead, uh, but nobody else can really uh, yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. And, and in general, just Badman Rising has enough protectors other than you uh that are much better at their job than you are being able to protect one person for one night i think it's a poor use of the professor ability the the much stronger part is the confirmation that we were talking about the the third the third time is a much broader anytime later in the game (laughs) and i think that anytime later in the game is like obviously it changes the later you get but it's kind of equivalent in terms of like there's no special confirmation anytime later in the game could be a shabaloth resurrection no i i think that there is a uh Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yes, it could potentially be a shabbat. Like from re- from a technical from a technical standpoint, it could be. The, the the professor is allowed to target any dead player. Doesn't matter when that player died. Could be days ago or night or nights ago. The shabbat regurgitation has to be uh, a player that the shabbat uh, targeted the previous night. So either that's a player who was killed by the shabbat the previous night or somehow was alive the day before that and then died that night. Or I guess you're saying that the Shabaloth could target a dead player, and that's uh, that's telling the storyteller that, that uh, maybe that player can come back to life, can be regurgitated. And that would be indistinguishable from the professor targeting that dead player, and they come back to life. Right. Right. It's It's, like I said, so most of the time when I'm playing the professor... I'm not super worried about this being confusing to the other players because most of the time it's you're going to be in a situation where it's either very clear it's not a Shabaloth because there's just very few deaths or that they're like the Shabaloth clearly targeted two particular players and those are not the one you're reviving. So I think that a good a good confirmation for the professor would be we execute, say, the chambermaid on day two. And then on day five, a very lucky professor and a very canny professor who's managed to stay alive that uh, that long decides that day to uh, resurrect that player and on uh, on the sixth night um, targets the chambermaid player. The chambermaid comes back to life and the Shabaloth has killed two players or something like that. Or we've decided that there's no Shabaloth in the game and a player comes back to life. That's fairly strong confirmation yeah. that you are the professor and you did what you said you did. Yeah, it's not like absolutely perfect confirmation, but I would say that's generally strong enough to convince anybody. Um, so yeah, so that that's that's um, in terms of like if you want to be technically as confirmed as you possibly can be, you should use it at the uh, earliest opportunity. But if you're using it later, you can usually find a window that won't be super suspicious. Uh, what I will say is, if there are two players who die in the night. It might be a bad idea to try to, not necessarily a bad idea, but it's like it's more situational when you would want to immediately revive one of them because that is going to look a lot like it could have been a Shabaloth and you lose a lot of the confirmation ability from from the power. Um, so what I would say to take away from this is if, if two people die, 
generally, unless you have a really good reason that you want to, I would stray away from immediately resurrecting one of them. So one that's that's ways to mechanically um, use your ability to to have the storyteller say something like announce people being alive and being dead uh, that confirms that your ability worked. But probably one of the better ways uh, that's more reliable is to talk to the person who you're going to be resurrecting to find yeah talk, talk to a lot of players find out who's on your team i mean this is general advice for anyone on the good team try to find out who's on your team and uh, try to find a way to, to trust each other uh, but you're going to get a lot of trust if you speak to someone and say i'm going to resurrect you tonight and then they come back to life the the following dawn and that's a pretty strong confirmation that you did what you said you would and that you are the professor. And that's a, that's a good way to build up trust, at least between those two players, which can really spread. Yeah, it, it doesn't take a lot. And choosing your targets for that can be very important as well. In general, I'd say that like having, having the professor's resurrection work is a very large boost to the good team. Um, so my biggest goal would be to find the person who I believe most strongly I believe they are the town, a townsfolk and then I would speak to them to confirm that they're not for some reason you know doing like like they're not an outsider who is just bluffing as a townsfolk and speaking to them is definitely a good good way to make sure you don't mess that up the trick here of course is that in Badman Rising there's very little uh, mechanically provided information you're going to have to get most of it from um, observing people and talking to people and trying to trying to find a way to trust what they say so the professor uh, needs to get a lot of information about the players that they're, that they're talking to because the, the, uh, the main thing they need to know is which character am I uh, trying to bring back to life, which, which townsfolk player am I bringing back to life, which means you've got to get townsfolk players to talk to you, which in Badman Rising is not an easy thing to do. There's, there's very little uh, mechanically provided information to help players trust each other, so you have to really use those social skills to get the good team to trust you. So that's that's going to be uh, quite difficult. Uh, you need to um, you need to use your social skills, but also you can uh, make use of the the strategy advice that we've been talking about here as ways to uh, to convince players. You can say, well, if we do it this way, uh, then uh, we'll get a confirmation of who I am and who you are, or that you are a townsfolk at least. Uh, what other ways do you think, Andrew, that the professor can? get the special information that they need. So one thing I think is that uh, if you choose players who died at night, and those are the ones you talk to and try to figure out which one's the best to revive, that that works pretty well in a couple of ways. For one thing, it's less likely for minions to have been killed at night, uh, just in general, because the evil team doesn't want to eliminate their own uh, teammates. So you can, you can trust those players a little bit more in general. And also, I think those players are going to be a lot more forthcoming with who they are. Because once you're dead, there's not as much to hide most of the time. Yeah. So my general tact as the professor is to just go to all the dead players, or at least you know once I'm once I've decided I want to use my ability, I will talk to dead players who died at night specifically, not the ones who were executed, because those could be minions who could then you know tell their demon to target me or whatever. But the ones who died at night, I'm pretty happy to talk to them and see if they want to be revived. Obviously, if they died at night, the evil team had a reason to eliminate them. And so that might mean that they're an especially good target to bring back already. And yeah, yeah so I, I just think in general, that's what I'm looking at for, for the most part. If, I, if I'm trying to bring back someone who was executed, you can also kind of play that into a strategy a little bit. Like say you have a chambermaid who 
comes out with some information on other characters and you want to know if you can trust them or not, you end up... But normally you wouldn't necessarily want to execute a chambermaid because they could keep getting more information. Uh, I think if you're the professor, you might want to push a little bit harder on executing a player like that who can get more good information because... Knowing that if one you of those execute you can them, bring back to life. Yeah. Yeah, you can just bring them back. Uh, and that will, and also the attempt to bring them back will also tell you at least whether or not they were telling the truth, most likely. And so if, if somebody has particularly powerful information, like a chambermaid, or I don't know, maybe like a gambler who's claimed that they've confirmed a whole bunch of people, and you want to be able to test that, but you're not sure if you can trust that player, just executing them isn't the worst idea, because that proves they're not the demon. And then if you can successfully bring them back, that proves that they are townsfolk. And that all of that information that they've been getting was most likely correct, uh, assuming they weren't like, you know, poisoned or otherwise, you know, otherwise inhibited. But the thing is, the, also the really nice thing about Badman Rising is that most of the drunkenness comes from the good team. Yes. Like, it's the good team causing it all. So you can trace that back. So if you've got a player who's a gambler and they're saying, I've confirmed these three players who are all alive. So it's like really useful to have them confirmed. And there's no good players saying that they've ever potentially made them drunk. And they obviously haven't died to the puka because they're still alive. It's like most likely all that information was good, yeah. assuming that they are good. Yeah. Um. And so killing them and bringing them back is a great way to confirm that. This can be this can be confounded by by the goon, of course. It may no longer be on the good team, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> that is true. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, at the same time, yeah. So the professor the professor has a lot of incentive to go out there talking to people and trying to uh, trying to find out. Uh, who is a good target for their ability. Um, but along with the, the dilemma about do I use it early, do I use it late, when should I use it, you've got the dilemma of uh, you're trying to get other people to talk about their ability, but the evil team wants you dead, so you have to you have to be a bit coy yeah. about who you are. You can't really reveal that I'm the professor uh, to too many players, otherwise you're going to end up dead quite early. So what ways do you think there are to, to try to get people to open up without necessarily um, putting a sign on your back? I find that typically, like kind of my default for this, and this isn't something you always have to do, but I think that uh, if you just want something that will be the safest most of the time is just tell, tell on, like try to decide on one person you want to resurrect and then tell them who you are. Make sure they don't have a reason that you shouldn't resurrect them. And then immediately resurrect them right. so that there's no time passing in between. You know, the less time they have to go talk to other people, the less that word is going to get spread if they're potentially evil. So you reveal that you're, you are the professor, but only um, the day before you, you use your ability. Yeah, and only to one person. If you broadcast it to everyone, then uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter because the demon can just kill you that night. So, yeah, I think, and and this is this is a strategy that will. It's not very good at getting you information about other people's characters because you're you you basically have to decide who you want to resurrect before you pursue this strategy. So if you don't know who you want to resurrect, um, it doesn't work that well at getting you the information. You're going to have to try to employ other strategies to gather the information about who people are. But at the same time, I would argue that in general, I would much prefer to have a professor with a higher chance of their ability working at all. Than a professor with a higher chance of their ability working like particularly effectively and resurrecting just the right person. I care a lot more about resurrecting anybody than than I do about care, resurrecting the exact right person. You've also hinted at uh, another way to to use this ability. Um, we've talked about the the 
the tricky the tricky dilemma of, of how much do I reveal in order to get people to open up so that I know um, about their character on which to use them. Uh, there's also the there's also the fact that Bad Moon Rising in particular, uh, people are so hungry for information about each other that I often find many groups, once a player dies, they'll be a lot more open about uh, what character they are, um, especially if their ability is no longer working, they feel free to, to talk about which character they are. Uh, that could get you a, a, a good target for the professor ability without ever talking to them. So you could um, you could opportunistically yeah. uh, say, well, it's it's day three. I haven't really fa- had many good conversations, but that person just told me that they're the minstrel. Maybe I should uh, maybe I should resurrect them so that we've got a minstrel back in play. I, I find that this in general is probably like this is my favorite way to play it. Actually, is to not reveal the other professor until after you've used your ability. Yeah, because. As long as it's not one of those suspicious timing windows where it looks like a Shabaloth, the the ability does enough confirmation on its own that I'm not that worried about getting people's trust ahead of time. It can be a little bit awkward if the uh, resurrection fails, and that can you can definitely run into some problems there because then you, it's just your word against the other person's. Yep. But if it succeeds, and so if I think I have a reasonable chance of it succeeding based on this player you know, dying at night and just whatever they're saying being believable then there's a good chance I'll resurrect them and just do a lot of good with my ability without ever having to tell anyone I'm the professor. So there's like no chance at all for information getting out that that will lead the demon to attacking me. So there's a downside to that you already mentioned, which is to which is that you've told no one that that's what you were going to do. So it could sound like you're just taking advantage of events and saying, well, that was me, I was the professor. Are there any other disadvantages? Is there a, is there a risk in choosing the wrong player and bringing back someone who who probably wasn't the best choice or is that not much of a risk i think in general it's not that risky um because like you said once players are dead they don't have that much reason to lie so if somebody was doing a bluff you're you know you're not likely to accidentally use your ability on an outsider the only situation where you might is maybe they were like they had like swapped claims with somebody and they're actually an outsider they were pretending to be a powerful townsfolk and they're and they're continuing to stick with this so that the uh the actual um powerful townsfolk can stay alive and pretend to be an outsider you might run into some trouble there so it's you know it's uh it's always safer to talk to them but in general once players are dead i i find that most of the time you're relatively safe in talking to them I think the bigger the bigger downside and the bigger risk is that just like if your ability fails, nobody has any reason really to believe that you ever used it. And so you're just kind of like you're in the dark. You didn't consult your team about who to choose. You didn't you know, you didn't do anything. So it's like it really just sets you up as it's your word versus that dead players and that dead player is already dead. So <laughs> they're more trustworthy. <laughs> it can, it can help you, I suppose, in that, uh, there's not that many ways for, for you to be, um, to be alive, but your ability doesn't work. So, um, it could give you more information that that player was not in fact a townsfolk when you targeted them. Yeah. But it's not, it's not great. It's not, it's not a great, uh, having your ability do nothing. Uh, if you're the professor, I think this might be a good time to to clarify something that we've been we've been touching on, uh, which is that um, as we've said, the the professor and the the Shabaloth are both character abilities that can bring a player back to life. Um, they use different words. Um, 
and a lot of a lot of people new to Bayardman Rising wonder well, why does why does Professor say resurrect and why does the Shabbaloth say regurgitate and do they have any mechanical differences? The answer is no. Uh, they have exactly the same effect. The player comes back to life. Why are they using different terms? Probably just to to make the flavour uh, interesting. The Professor uses technology to to bring back a, a someone from the dead. The Shabbaloth has eaten the, the player and regurgitates them back to life. Uh, but uh, but probably the mundane reason is that it's a lot shorter to put that one word in the ability text on the character token than to say it comes back to life. But important for running the story for the storyteller running this character, you need to know that both of these abilities have exactly the same appearance. A player comes back to life, and that's all you should say. Once once dawn comes around, you simply say that this player is alive again, and that's all. You don't say why. You don't say any difference in effect. It's up to the players to explain why that happened. Yep, uh, and that is why it can look kind of like you're just being opportunistic if you haven't told anyone you're doing this and somebody's just suddenly back to your life and you're like, oh, hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's an important design decision of Bad Moon Rising that both the Shabaloth and the Professor are on the script so that when the Shabaloth's uh, player comes back to life, the effect happens, uh, the evil team can plausibly say, well, maybe there's a Professor in town because that would look exactly the same. So, yeah, that's that's why the storyteller can't give any more information about that. Yeah. I wanted to touch a little bit on the late resurrection before we move on to the bluffing sure. section. Because the the late resurrection is very risky to to try to stay alive for a long time. And it's like like most once per game abilities, the later you use it, the better it's going to be. I think in general, the professor is an ability that should be used earlier rather than later. Because the earlier you use it, the more likely it is to work the more likely you are to get it off. And it has a very big game warping effect. I've just seen that, like, in general, in games that have a successful resurrection from the professor, the good team has a much higher chance of winning. It doesn't really matter when it happens. Would you say that it is worse for the evil team than if that player stayed alive? That they've that they've used a kill, the player spent a day or two dead, and then that townsfolk ability comes back into play? Oh yeah, I think it's much worse than if they had just stayed alive mm. because, for one thing, bringing them back means that they were not the demon. Yeah. And in Bad Moon Rising, the demon can't move around. So that is just a player that is 100% confirmed not the demon. The good team never has to kill them again. This really highlights for me the fact that even in Bad Moon Rising with, with powerful um, uh, kill players, uh, protect from death, bring players back to life... Powerful mechanical abilities, still the most powerful thing is who do you trust? What information uh, are you getting from the way people behave? Exactly. So yes, who do I trust is, is, is so powerful. And yes, I agree. If someone dies at night, Professor resurrects them later, they come back to life. That's so such powerful information, even if um, they had to spend a couple of days dead. Now, all of that being said, a late Professor resurrection can be enormous for the good team. And you can successfully pull it off sometimes, like maybe you have an innkeeper protect you every day until you need to use their your ability. Something like that can work out extremely well for getting you to the end of the game. And if you're alive towards the end and you successfully resurrect someone, it's very often going to just win you the game. The, the particular reasons for this are a late resurrection that doesn't look like a Shabaloth is going to confirm you and the player you resurrect. And that'll give two living townsfolk that the evil team has to kill because they're they're definitely not the demon. Mm-hmm. 
and two players alive is generally at least one more day for the good team to kill the correct people. And it could be longer than that. Like if you get a revival in a Zambul game, uh, that could be that could be two extra days for the uh, for the good team to figure out who the demon is. Yeah. So just like the amount of time it buys you is really strong, and the later you do it, uh, the less easily the evil team can deal with it because they have to kill those two players that are confirmed now. Uh, and if you did manage to survive this long because of, for instance, an innkeeper, it's going to be really hard for the evil team to prioritize their kills between the two two confirmed players, the innkeeper, um, and whoever else there is. And just like, yeah, it's just if you get to this position, it's it's a lot easier to win. <laughs> Whereas like the early resurrection is like, it's good value and it pays off over the course of the game, but it's not as likely to just instantly win the entire game for you. I'm sure it's been mentioned in other um Cult of the Clock Tower episodes for Bad Men Rising, but Bad Men Rising has a bad um, reputation as being the game that either lasts for uh, uh, twenty minutes or for three hours. Uh, and that's that's largely because of the fact that there are so many ways to die and so many ways to not die, and uh, in the case of the Professor, to come back to life. So be careful if you if you look around the the circle at dawn and uh, you're watching for people who are disappointed that a player came back to life which means that uh, we've got another uh, they're back in the game and we're going to have to play for longer uh, it might not be that they're on the evil team it might just mean that they're tired <laughs> <laughs> very true yeah i think i think that's about all i wanted to touch on in the playing as section though all right so section 2 bluffing that you are the professor mm. this is a, it's a tricky bluff i th- i got to say yeah, it's one of, one of the harder bluffs. One of the difficult things is uh, what we spent so much time talking about already, which is that the professor has to be. If you are the professor, you're unlikely to to say that to too many people. Um, so if you want to pretend you're the professor, it can be tricky to do that. It's in a way, it's like uh, the monk in trouble brewing. If you want to pretend that you're the monk, you're very unlikely to just come out and say I'm the monk, because that's not going to be very convincing. Yeah, and it's also the sort of thing where. A lot of the times, if you do come out as the professor, other players are just going to be like, okay, well, have you used your ability? And if not, can you use it tonight? <laughs> that's that's something I've seen a lot. Uh, where, like, In a game I played recently, uh, the demon decided to bluff professor, and they came out and they were like, I haven't chosen anyone because I don't know who to pick. And then basically the good team was like, you can pick literally like any of these four people, and we would be happy with it, so please just pick one of them. Uh, <laughs> and it put them in an awkward and position. And then, if none, if none of them come back, you're in an awkward position. Yes, that's true. Well, that, exactly. that's the time. <laughs> I mean, that's if you've, uh, if you've got it to that point, and you actually want to confuse the good team, like if you're, if you're on the evil team now, uh, then you can definitely use that. You can the, the following day you can say, well, I did what you guys suggested. I, I targeted Dana, and Dana is still dead. So obviously I, something's going on. Dana didn't tell us the truth that they were townsfolk. Uh, I'm not so, so sure I trust Dana anymore. That could be effective. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the ability that's much easier to bluff the fail state than the successful state which is largely why the fail state exists. <laughs> it's a lot like Virgin in that way as well. Yeah, that can be even more powerful because uh, you were pretending to be reluctant and you were you were ceding to the pressure of, of, the, of the good team to uh, to use your ability. And you say, well, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I wanted to hold off, but you guys said I should use it. It, it comes back to something that I've... I haven't talked about it a lot, but it's something I mentioned a while ago, which is there's a powerful psychological effect where if you aren't seen to be the one making the decision, if it's like a group decision... 
players feel more personally invested in it and are more likely to believe it. it's it's one of the one of the best things that that blood on the clock tower teaches is that people are far more convinced by an argument if you if you make them feel like they came up with it yeah exactly that that's all that's definitely something that applies to professor it applies to a lot of characters uh really with bluffing is anytime you can get someone else to make a plan for you even if it's your plan if it's the plan you wanted if you can convince them that they came up with it it's going it's going to feel more real to them because they had to like they had to believe at least on some level that you are the professor in order for them to consider making a plan involving you being the professor but you never told them uh, so <laughs> so it's obviously a lot more plausible because he didn't tell me he's the professor it just it just makes sense that he's a professor yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good headology as terry pratchett would have said yeah so that that's that's definitely the first thing i'm thinking about so how are you going to convince people that you're the professor if saying well i'm the professor what should i do is uh, unlikely to be convincing um so certainly like you you can do it in kind of subtle ways where you're bluffing that you are some powerful character there's also the you can also just bluff that you are a once per game ability in subtle ways mm. uh so for instance one thing i've i've seen done in the past is as a bluff at the start of the night say hey if you're a sailor or an innkeeper please do not target me tonight yes you're not explicitly saying that you're a once-per-game ability using your ability tonight, but you're heavily implying it. So you're saying that you're, you're a, a character that should stay alive for as long as we can manage. Um, yeah, and this, this gets to... Or should a, not be drunk. This gets to, <laughs> or should not be made drunk, yes. Uh, this gets to a reason why you might want to bluff as the, the, that you're the professor. Uh, it's, it might not be that you're evil. It might be that you're a good character who wants to attract the attention of the evil players. So, for example, uh, if you're the fool uh, and you want you want to use your ability to soak up some of the uh, the powerful evil team abilities, uh, you might pretend that you're the professor, and so you could you could hint, well, oh, please don't make me drunk. You need my ability every night, or please don't me exactly. Yeah. Uh, then that could say, well, that could send the signal that uh, you're the professor, but you don't want to say so, which could get the demon to try to kill you, um, which can be quite useful. Now, and like like any time you're doing something like this, that could be way too obvious of a bluff. It just depends on the situation. All depends on uh, <laughs> it. All depends on what the, what the players are going to think is true. It, it, trying to convince people is uh, is a very human craft. Yeah, I think I think professor in particular is one of the uh, one of the best ways to get yourself killed. Yeah. As a once per game, evil loves to shut down once per game abilities. Yeah. And if you do the thing where you like you can even come out as it and do the thing where it's like I want the town to help me pick who to target tonight. Uh and that puts the demon in a situation where they have to either kill you or allow you to potentially do this strong thing and it's yeah. a, and it's tough on them. Now obviously if they successfully read that you're bluffing, and you don't, uh, and you don't, and you don't revive anyone. That can be bad for you. But so also situational, I think, is is how how appealing it is to uh, to try to convince people that you're the professor. Uh, I mean, there's there's a few situations where a, a good player might want to pretend that they're the professor, largely being that you you want to attract the attention of, of evil team abilities. But I think probably one of the, the, the most obvious is that you're on the evil team and you want to convince people that, that what, what the Shabaloth is doing is uh, uh, that, that a player who comes back to life is because there's a professor in town and, hey, that's me, I'm the professor. Um, so probably one of the most obvious ways to, to pretend that you're, prof- that you're the professor is when a player does come back to life and you say, yep, that was me, I did it, um, which is likely because you're 
on the evil team and you know there's a Shambloth in play. So you'll probably want to prepare for that. You don't want to just take take the uh, the credit afterwards because anyone can do that. They, they, we've all got the same information now. It's probably better to prepare for that if you're on the evil team by saying, well, I've, someone was telling me that uh, some of these things, I didn't say they're the professor, but I think there's a professor in play. And depending on the group you're in, that can be a layer of... of uh, caginess of coyness that you can then use to say yeah i was only saying that because i'm the professor and i didn't want to come out as the professor but that's why i was saying there's a professor in town you know you, you want you want to sort of seed that that possibility early on so that once the uh, once the shabaloth regurgitation happens you can say yep yep that's the professor i was talking about and that's me yeah and especially if like word kind of gets around that there is a professor but nobody in particular really knows who it is like nobody knows where this information has come from but it's just kind of been passed around that occasionally you can occasionally set that up where you, you just like whisper enough and it's like i've heard there's a professor and then they'll whisper someone else that they've heard there's a professor and if, then it yeah. makes it seem a lot less convenient this is another time this is a time to also to reinforce that even the player who is resurrected by the professor or regurgitated by the shabaloth doesn't know which of those happened which seems strange to me with, right. with, with yep. regurgitation. I would, I would think that you would know that that had happened to you. But never mind. Uh, the, the, way, the way the mechanics maybe, works. Maybe, they, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they, get, they get nicely cleaned up afterward. They just, they, or they wake up long enough later uh, that they can't tell. I know that's it, before they, before they ever wake up. That's true. All I know is I was swaddled in cloth. That's all, that's all I was, yes. So the, the player who comes back to life has no idea which ability caused, um, caused it. They, all they know is they learn at the same time as everyone else, uh, or when they wake up at night, say, uh, that they're alive again. So, yes. Uh, There's another way that you can uh, prepare this bluff, which is not just to the town, but to the storyteller. If you are a Shabaloth or you're on a team with a Shabaloth, the Shabaloth can, for one thing, just talk to the storyteller and be like, hey, I'd really like to revive this person tonight, and therefore I'm going, or, you know, not tonight, but the next night, therefore I'm going to attack them tonight, even though they're already dead. Uh, can you revive them for me? And I think a lot of the time, the storyteller is going to be okay with that, because... If they don't play along with that, then Professor just becomes very, very powerful. Yeah, that's worth emphasizing in, in so many episodes. Even if this episode is not about the Shabaloth, uh, I'll use any opportunity to say, if you are, if you have plans, tell the storyteller about them. They, they are impartial and they want yeah. to help you. If they, if they can help you, then they, knowing about your plans will help. And there are other things you can do as the Shabaloth to hint that you want an execution without even talking to the storyteller. Like you can just attack dead players. That's a very strong hint that you want one of them to come back to life. But yeah, and, and if you're doing that, you might be able to know in advance that somebody's likely to come back to life. And as the professor, or like if you're the Shabaloth and you just attacked two dead players the last night, that day bluffing that you're the professor to those two dead players and saying, I'm trying to decide who to revive, uh, thinking you or this other person. And then that way you can play it off so that no matter who comes back right. to life, puts, uh, you're like, yeah, that's what I decided it's a on. <laughs> very clear signal to the storyteller that, that uh, you would like one of those those players to be to be returned to life. To be regurgitated. So yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this plays into into what you were saying earlier that uh, if you've already put the idea out there that there's a professor in play, then uh, the good team is much more likely to to think that that's a plausible option themselves without you having to push it. Yeah. So in summary, uh, bluff the fail state a lot because that's directly accusing someone of being evil, and that's strong. And if you're planning to bluff somebody actually coming back to life, you can either be opportunistic about it or you can plant seeds early and that'll get you the most, uh, the most believability. What about bluffing that you're the professor after having said nothing, um, but a player came back to life and you say, 
Yep, actually, that was me. I, I used my ability last night. Is there benefit in doing that, just bluffing it? I think that if you haven't already committed it to something else as a bluff, or maybe your old bluff like is clearly not being believed, you could try that as a pivot. I think it's it's I think it's hard to pull that off mm. though. I prefer yeah. If if I've if I need to suddenly uh, jump to the professor, I think that it's going to be more useful in the other case where no one came back to life, and I can say, well, I'm the professor, and I've been I've been holding off because I wanted to keep my ability, but I've used my ability now, and it didn't work, and it was Jack. Jack must not be a townsfolk. Yeah, so if I'm pivoting like that, um, I like that case a lot more, especially as a minion. A minion pivoting to a professor bluff like that can be really strong because you're doing the minion thing where you're directly accusing someone, but it's also in a way that might allow you to get executed. And it's, <laughs> um, and it's very plausible for the, whereas, for the professor to, to be coy until they use their ability and then be open about it afterward. It's a little bit rougher as a demon. Um to bluff the successful state, actually, interestingly, because after a player comes back to life, if you're a demon and you jump in and you say, I'm the professor, I did that, players will then expect you, if they believe you, players will expect you to die at night pretty soon. Yeah. So it, it can actually, even though it kind of confirms you, it can actually be kind of an interestingly difficult demon bluff, I've found, because there's the expectation that a confirmed professor will die. I think that I think that's a, that's a pretty thorough covering of, of all the ways to pretend that you're the professor i I, th- I agree let's let's move on to running the professor as the storyteller uh including some of those edge cases that we talked about and like weird things that can happen oh boy <laughs> i was just having a having a, an online conversation uh, today about all the all the little corner cases that can trip you up when you when you're playing bad moon rising bad moon rising is is fun for the players but it's such a heavy heavy load for the uh the storyteller to keep track of um what abilities interact with each other. Okay, so um, you need to wake the wake the professor up um, each night that their ability could work and ask them whether they want to use it. This can confuse uh, players who are new to uh, new to Badman Rising. Maybe not, but I've got a um, people people probably know that I've got a, a do-it-yourself set of documents for uh, the Blood on the Clock Tower Grimoire. And I've got a couple of extra information cards in there that don't come with the game. One that I find very useful is use your ability, question mark, which I show a player to say that that's the reason why I'm waking you up is uh, I don't have anything to say to you except do you do you choose yes or no to, to use your ability. Uh, makes the choice clear. Uh, otherwise, you just have to rely on them looking at what their ability says and know that they've got to use their ability or shake their head no. I will also point out that there are apps that you can use for this. So even if you don't have like a custom made card for it, uh, I find it's very handy as the storyteller to just have this app. I have an app that just like displays big text. Uh, and so if I ever need to give a player a custom message at night because they seem confused, I can just type it into the yeah. app and show it. To Three them. words, big text. Here's the question. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, I usually will have that ready to go and just have a thing on it that says like, talk to me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, for players who who are confused at night, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I find that one to be quite helpful. <laughs> players coming back to life also brings in uh, something that a lot of people who have been introduced in the past couple of years to Blood on the Clock Tower might not realise, which is that the town square is not managed by the storyteller. The town square typically sits on a low table or on the ground, um, at the feet of the players sitting in a circle. 
while the storyteller is wandering around with the grimoire, which is a big open box, held above the player's heads so that they can't see. So the storyteller does not bend down and manage the town square. When someone dies, when someone comes back to life, it's the players who have to reach down and flip over the life token to and to move the, the vote tokens around. This has the effect that some of the abilities, and I'm thinking specifically of the Zombul, can lie to the players about who's alive and who's dead. So the town square might not actually accurately reflect who's alive and who's dead. What's true is what's in the grimoire. The town square might not accurately reflect, reflect that. Um, the, online, um, the online town square tool doesn't have that uh, disconnect. It directly connects the storyteller marking someone truly dead to flipping over their life token in the town square, which is not always accurate. So if you are running a game online, you need to find a way to track the player's life state in a way that doesn't reveal that to the players in the town square. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's an open request on the, uh, the, official, uh, the official town square tool. But when you're playing in person, that's not a problem. You've got the grimoire with the truth and you've got the town square, which might be lying. So make sure that you set, set the norm that it's not the, not the storyteller managing the, the life tokens. That's up to the players to record the information that you announce to them. Yeah, it usually doesn't matter much, but occasionally you hit weird edge cases where like, you know, you have like a dead Zombul uh, who gets poisoned and therefore shouldn't really be registering as dead. But like yeah. since it's up to the players or in custom to scripts, uh, do the, the town the, square. The player who's a Zombul might change to a different character and they are alive. And yeah. uh, if if any ability checked whether they're alive, they will now see that they're alive. But the but no announcement is being made, so the town square is out of date, and that's that's yeah. valid. That's that's how it should be. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I like to I like to keep in mind uh, when running the running Bad Moon Rising as a storyteller is that a lot of these abilities seem simple enough, but do need a bit of informing to players. You will probably want as with a lot of the characters on this script, to pull aside new players who are new to it and just ask them what they think their ability does, ask them how they think they would use it, and use that as an opportunity to give them some advice if they've got questions or if they seem seem unsure about, about what should happen. Uh, so we've given a lot of advice here about about when to use the professor ability. I would not hesitate uh, in a private conversation with a player who is the professor to point out this dilemma and say, if you're confused about when should you use your ability, that's the point. That, that, that's one of the, the things that you should be thinking about. Do I use it early? Do I use it late? That's up to you. Um, and th that'll encourage them to, to like lean into uh, figuring out the, how to use the power of their ability. I think this might also be a good point to, uh, to remind everyone that this podcast even though we're giving you lots of advice on how to play the character, this is not the sort of thing you should necessarily be saying to a new player. No, don't say this. Don't don't talk to the, the give all of this information. No. Yeah, we go into way too much detail and go into like particular strategies and what we think is good. I think that almost always the type of advice you should be giving new players is like you're saying, asking questions. Like just give them things to think about rather than things to actually do. Yeah. Like asking the question, like, what do you think is the best time to use your ability and getting them to think about that and like asking them, what do you think are the risks of, of you know, whatever way you're thinking of playing it? Asking kind of leading questions tends to be a lot better than... Right, yeah. for sure. Having all of this advice in your mind uh, is fine if you're, if you're an enthusiastic person who wants to know a lot about the game, which is why you're listening to this uh, fine show. 
Um, and having all of this in your mind is great, but do not dump it on, on players unfamiliar with the script. Just um, respond to their own confusions, respond to their questions if they seem curious about something or if they seem to have misunderstood something. That's the time to bust, bust out this advice, but do not dump it all on, on someone that that's, that's, they're just going to glaze over and, and, not, and not get yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I see that is kind of like bad for group health the most is players not even just the storytellers storytellers are often pretty good about this because they're they're doing a lot of other stuff so they don't have time to like dump all of this on a new player but even as other players i would really strongly suggest not trying to tell them too much of how you think a character should be played and if you are a player or uh, or especially a storyteller in a game where some player is doing that they want to show off their big brain and how much they know about the game Try to shut them down gently. Try try to say let's let's postpone that. Let's let's just get the basics down before we go into all of those specifics. Because uh, it, it it really will help if if uh, if that kind of stuff is postponed until until we've got the the basics of each character. Uh, otherwise, new players are just going to be overwhelmed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if they're asking, you know, like if they're asking for for that kind mm. of in depth stuff, uh, then sure, go for it. But most most new players, I find don't want that and also don't get very much use out of it because it's just too much. too much to think about for them already. So another thing for the storyteller to, to keep in mind, uh, and uh, this, can be, this can be tricky to remember with, with so many abilities, uh, that, so many abilities on this script that, that interact with each other. The professor chooses a player, but that player must be a dead player. Now, you've already, you've already touched on the fact that um, if the storyteller... Uh, if the storyteller knows that a player is not dead um, and the uh, the professor chooses them, it, they have to figure out, do, does the uh, is this just a mistake? If it's just a mistake, then the obvious thing is that you shake your, shake your head no and you say, uh, choose again. Uh, so you, you use whatever gesture you're using for choose to, to prompt them to choose again. They have to choose a dead player. That's the only, that's the only valid target. But what's up to the storyteller is to determine, is this player making an honest mistake or are they trying to use this constraint to as a test to see which players are alive and which players are dead right now? I'm of the opinion that that's not what this ability is for. And it's uh, it's definitely within the storyteller's power to say this player is not using their ability right. And it seems that that's deliberate. I'm just going to send them to sleep and I'm going to make the choice arbitrarily for them. Either they didn't use it tonight or I will pick a player for them to target. And that's that's their one time ability used. That can be a bit heavy-handed, but I think it's appropriate if someone is trying to, trying to, in my opinion, abuse the professor ability by testing every player to see who's alive and who's dead. What do you think, Andrew? I th- yeah, I think, I think I broadly agree. I'm personally okay with people using it like once or twice, maybe, to, to try to check somebody, but I will just put them back to sleep most of the time. I won't like say they used it on someone else. If that's if I'm gonna if I'm gonna invoke that, I probably I think I would not invoke that until I've explained to the professor that that is the decision I would make if they decide to go that road. So I might I might that might be something I explain to someone who I suspect is a uh, is a how do I how do I make a crazy use of this ability kind of player. I might say to them. If you if you choose a, a player after player and I keep on saying no, then I might just send you back to sleep. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that approach. Now, there, there is also something that we didn't talk about, which is kind of an interesting situation, which is if you have a Shabaloth and a professor, yeah. the Shabaloth could re- uh, regurgitate someone and then the professor could target that player. 
um, thinking that they're dead, and then you have to tell them no, and that can be very confusing. Yeah, the professor, the professor is going to um, going to take a few seconds to say, well, "Hang on, how do they? How are they alive? I'm I'm the one who brings <laughs> people back to life." Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's actually a great situation for the professor to be in, though, because if they successfully bring bring someone back to life at the same time, mm. that's a hundred percent confirmation that there they're, is a professor in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yes, I like it. They might have to get into an argument with someone else about who the professor is, but... <laughs> mm. Yes, welcome to an even longer game with uh, Shabalov bringing a player back to life and <laughs> the professor bringing a player back to life. <laughs> um, so yes, there's, there's, that, there's that clarification that the professor player is only allowed to target a dead player with their ability. If they target someone who's not dead, they have to choose again because it wasn't valid. On the flip side of that... Their ability only works if the player they target is a townsfolk. If it's not a townsfolk, that's still valid. It just does nothing. So you have to keep that distinction in mind, that one of them forces the player to choose again. The other one, you accept their choice, whatever whatever the, the player is, uh, but it only works if the player is a townsfolk. Yeah. And again, the professor does not know why this didn't happen. Maybe the, maybe the professor ability wasn't working, or maybe this uh, target player uh, was not a townsfolk. The, the, you don't reveal that. Yep. And then one last note here, I think. We've already we've already touched enough, I think, on uh, what happens when a player comes back to life, about how they... We touched on that in the first section, I think, so we don't need to go over that again. Uh, I will, I will um, make one but, note here that just in general in Bad Moon Rising, um, because there's a possibility of people dying and coming back to life, it is important to uh, keep track of uh, marker tokens well in the grimoire because um, ah, very the true. fact that a player has died you need to be able to tell the difference between that and the player has come back to life so what i tend to do is as soon as a player dies um that same night i clear away all of their market tokens for their ability so that i know that that ability is now out of action just in case the player comes back to life and i need to bring those back again and tell the difference between those two yeah that, that is a really good point uh Badman Rising is probably the script where you need to have the cleanest grimoire oh, God, because yes. there's a lot of things that are on your shoulders to keep track of and life states are definitely one of them you don't want to have old reminders floating around like you don't want to have an old grandmother token when the grandmother comes back and they now have a new grandchild if you do don't be don't be too hard on yourself every storyteller makes lots of mistakes with badman rising it's uh, it's a rite of passage don't worry don't be too hard on yourself <laughs> <laughs> yes that is also true um one last thing i want to touch on here is with the do you do you find yourself preferring to put in Chabaloth and Professor separately or in the game together more of the time or do you not really have a preference? Um, I have a preference, but for the purpose of any of my players who are listening, I uh, I like to <laughs> randomize the uh, the characters that are in the game. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's 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 pretty true. I do like the fact that all of the three basis game scripts, um, Trouble Brewing, Sex and Violence, Bad Moon Rising, are so robust and so well uh, balanced for all of the interactions that for me, a fun game is to randomize, is to is to get a valid uh, set of characters in the bag that is just randomly selected. So I'll select a random demon, I'll select random minions and so forth, um, making the adjustments as needed for any setup adjustments. So uh, it's uh, it's down to the uh, down to the shuffle, which whether there's a professor and a shabaloth in the same game. Um, I like the I like the way that that forces the storyteller to uh, to respond to uh, to unexpected events. I have to deal with with uh, what characters went into the bag and what characters w- went to which players. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's a t- perfectly valid way to approach it. I will say that there are a couple interactions that I like a lot with a uh, professor in terms of the demons. One of them is to put in the professor with a Poe, because occasionally Poe will look like a Shabalot. Mm. Because there's so much protection from death that um, even if there's three kills a night, that might turn into two or one. And yeah, so that, that can sometimes just like create mixed signals where uh, the professor, it's hard to tell if they're bluffing, if they're a Shabaloth. I also like putting in the professor with a Shabaloth. That will make sure that there is a kill rate that looks like a Shabaloth yeah. uh, and make it so that the professor resurrection is a little bit more suspicious. Putting it in with the Puka or a Zombul. It will usually be a little bit more obvious when the Professor ability works in those cases because it's so hard to get the kill rate high enough to look like a Shabaloth in those games. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't worry about that too much. It's not its not going to break the game or anything. So um, Yeah, specifically, it is specifically Bad Moon Rising. It, it might be... People just looking at those two characters might be concerned that uh, two possibility of two players coming back to life could really unbalance the game. But... Badman Rising, there is so much so much um, that's going to protect people from dying, even if an ability says that they die, so much that is going to uh, to kill more often than once a night, that that kind of that kind of uh, mitigates the uh, they're not going to stand out. It's even if the professor and the Shabaloth are both in the game, it still might not be clear that that's the case, uh, just because of all the abilities that are on Badman Rising. So I don't think it I don't think it's that much of a problem. I agree. All right. I think that brings us to the end of the show here, then. That was great fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you so much for being on, Ben, as always. It is a pleasure, and I hope that, I hope that, uh, I hope that if you're going to res- resurrect people, you do it well. Uh, I'll do my best. Uh, I don't know if I've killed anyone on the show yet. <laughs> uh, so I'm doing my best to avoid that, but I will resurrect if needed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, new episodes come out every other Monday, so you'll hear from me then with another special guest. See you. See you.